Good day, good day, good day. This is Coffee Conversations with Father David. And I'm Deacon Bob. Hope you're doing well today. Uh, we're coming at you again. Uh, this is where we're recording in the morning uh, today for the we first time. Are. First <laughs> time in a while, time, so we'll yeah. see how this goes. We do have our, our coffee and our tea and our water this morning. Indeed. So we're, we're doing a back-to-back because um, I'm actually going to be away from the parish uh, a little bit next week, so just wanted to make sure we kept kept the conversation going mm-hmm. uh, and all that. So, um, But uh, I'm actually going to be with some priest friends. Out, oh, that's good. Out in Colorado. Wow. So I'm super, super pumped. Very cool. Where in Colorado? In uh, Telluride. So oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. I don't know why. Southwest uh, kind of Colorado. Big mountains. They, they kind of look, allegedly, they look um, like kind of the mountains in, in Europe. So Oh, cool. So this kind of ties into our, our last podcast. We were talking about snowboarding yesterday. Yeah. But uh, I'll be away for a little bit. You know, it's good to... It's good to work hard. Good to play hard. You mm-hmm. know, just different times and have and have uh, and have some rest. So in between, in between Christmas and and Lent, uh, there's a lot of time when priests are able to get away because mm-hmm. Lent is a busy time, and um, and Christmas is kind of just getting off all of that all that celebrating too. So yeah, very good. So it'll be it'll be a blessing. So I was thinking about uh, uh, one of the fun things we do uh, over here in the in the parish office. But we, uh, one of the traditions that's that's growing is that we do puzzles. Yeah, <laughs> right. The bi- they're the bi- like a thousand piece puzzles. A thousand, I huge. know, right? They're huge. Yeah, the uh, the business office uh, they have started the tradition uh, of doing puzzles. So, have you have you ever done a puzzle? I uh, no, no. Um, I don't have the patience. <laughs> like the little kid puzzles that my grandkids have, yeah. I. Even with those, it's like I just don't have the spatial whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah, I. I, I've gone in there and helped them uh, sporadically. I'll, I'll go in and do my my ceremonial one piece. One piece, <laughs> and they have they have some nice ones like some some Thomas Kincaid, very peaceful. Well, they seem to settings. have like a method. Like right. I just pour them all out and try to like find where this one piece goes, but they separate them by color and color, by straight edges. Do the edges first. Yeah, I was then, really impressed. And all these things. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely understand. Uh, it's kind of like golf. Like, I don't golf, but I understand why those who golf, golf. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it is just a, a very restful, contemplative, kind of just nice thing to do. You know, yeah. kind of get your mind off of something, and it's not super technical. Well, I mean, golf is technical, but, you know, doing a puzzle, you're, you're, you're immersing yourself in something. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're, a lot, you're kind of cutting yourself off from all the, all the other things. I think that's probably why it's enjoyable. And I think because each one of the folks that do the puzzles deal with a lot of numbers or a lot of very high thought process stuff, Mm -hmm. it kind of gives them that break and go back to the the hard stuff. Mm -hmm. Almost like your vacation, you know, it's not you, you're working really hard and so you need that mindfulness moment to go back to the hard stuff. Have something to just draw you into the moment because Mm -hmm. we can be... We can be so not in the moment. Well, and I think that's why ni- it's important to have hobbies, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think the nice thing is they, all three of them or all four of them, work together on the puzzle. That's true. You know that I see what you don't see, mm-hmm. or somebody else sees what the other person didn't see. Yeah. So it's, it's a true. really good. It's, I think it's a good team building exercise. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely have to 
work together and be in conversation <laughs> mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. I uh, I have to say for Christmas though, I did get him a puzzle uh, for Christmas. Did you really? I did. Um, TJ Maxx had a had had a number out, but I I, I could have been mean. I, I did uh, I did look online and there was this Lego puzzle, but it was like. All, it was all the all that the puzzle was was all these Lego face like the Lego heads. Uh huh. So, but <laughs> but they were just different faces. Oh jeez. Like so, but <laughs> so it would have been a really hard puzzle <laughs> to do because like it's all the same color. It's not like you have different like light and yeah. dark and it's obvious where <laughs> they would have. Oh wow. So I, I was I, I chuckled a little bit, but I did. I so what did you eventually I, get him? Uh, it was a piece of artwork. Oh, okay. I think it was just a kind of classic piece of artwork, but. Because they've seen the the puzzles of like the gumball, like yeah. just the globe with all the gumballs That's in it. That's intense. It's like uh, I don't know. That might that might produce more anger and anxiety. Yeah, <laughs> it might work against what you're trying to do here yeah. a little bit. <laughs> so I think probably the scene is the important part. Yes, so. yes, yes. Yeah, if you're working towards a good scene. <laughs> but well, that's good. So for our conversation today, this is going to be a kind of a part two to our conversation from last time. Last time we uh, talked about what, uh, Deacon Bob? We talked about suffering and why is there suffering. Yep. And where'd it come from or why are we in the middle of it? Exactly. So we fielded some questions from some of our parents and, you know, they asked a number of questions about suffering. You know, why is there suffering in the world? Uh, Especially kind of meaningless, seemingly meaningless suffering. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, kids who get cancer and, and, and this and that. And, and the reality is, our we kind of in our reflection. If you haven't, um, if you're going to listen to this podcast, we do recommend you go listen to the one right just before this uh, on that question. Um, but kind of Sparknotes version is, you know, we have an answer and we don't have an answer. That some things are just mystery. We're we're just not going to know why uh, some things happen in the world. But yet we also can know some things are true, uh, and that when we know suffering is true, and that. Our faith tells us that it comes from uh, the fall uh, of Adam and Eve, that God gave us free will, uh, and because he gave us free will, he introduced the possibility uh, of us choosing not to choose him, and in not choosing him, we introduced um, evil and sin uh, mm-hmm. and suffering you know, into the world. It's not something, something God wanted um, or intended, but something he allowed to be um, so that it could impact our lives in, in a real way. And even daily, we make those same choices of doing what, what God would want us to do or not want us to do or the things we should do or not do. And we live with consequences, right? if not immediately, somewhere down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. yeah, I mean, the reality is there are times at which, you know, things just randomly happen to human beings. Mm-hmm. And there is just an unexplainable event that does bring a lot of suffering. But I mean, it's also true to say that we we do also make our lives much more. Di- we we are the the cause of our own suffering. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of whether that's human beings treating other human beings, you know, in a way that's you know nasty, or just being in our own heads about, about mm-hmm. stuff. You know, we can we can create our own suffering based upon the perspective that we have uh, in different things. Not to say that there are, there aren't factors that that lead to that and and certain struggles, um, but. Yeah, and I think those the suffering that is not a result of anything, mm-hmm. it's just random, it seems, is probably the hardest. Yeah. So, like, if I made a poor choice and I have to live with the consequence, okay, I understand that. Right. Somewhere along the line, I'll understand that. <clears throat> but 
it's when little kids get cancer or moms or dads get cancer or yeah. there's a horrible car accident. Right. Those are the moments that it's like, ah, uh, right. why? Exactly, exactly. And, and, and ultimately, uh, as we said, like, there is no reason why that we're probably going to know as no. to why that happened. Mm-mm. But acknowledging <clears throat> that um, there are things that we don't know, there are things that we do know. Uh, and, and what we do know is the promise of the God who said that he will be present, you know, in all things. You know, not in the suffering itself necessarily, but, you know, in those situations, God is still present in the people um, who are who are left on earth. He's still present uh, in in the situation, you know, and, and as we are open to his presence and his mercy and his love, it can, things, good things can happen from suffering. And I think um, looking at the crucifixion, Jesus' suffering, death, and resurrection, Jesus didn't deserve any of the things that happened to him. Right. You know, like, it seemed like humanity just dumped every awful evil right. and suffering onto Jesus. Right. Um, and he sanctifies that suffering and transforms it right. into resurrection. He brings it into union <clears throat> with himself. You know, mm-hmm. Jesus was fully God and fully human, right? He wasn't just some angel that happened to, you know, to come to earth. And, you know, he, he really felt all the suffering that he went through. And that's at every level, physically, um, spiritually, psychologically, socially, you know, uh, the, the passion and death touched every area of suffering um, that we can go through as human beings. So, And I think if you're struggling with suffering, I have several crucifixes in my office. One is Jesus on the cross suffering, and the other one is Jesus resurrected. Yeah. You know, that somehow we need to move Both and ends. allow our suffering, which may take years, to move from suffering into resurrection. Right, right. Exactly. So, so that's a little bit of the background. So today... We want to give. We want to go a little further and have some practical, um, practical takeaways from this conversation uh, on suffering. And the and so the question today is like, so what do we do in suffering, especially when we're just amidst things that are difficult and are things that are beyond us? And um, providentially, this just um, uh, this reading came up at, uh, during daily mass on Tuesday of this week. It's a reading from the first book of Samuel, and I just I just want to read it real quickly for us. Uh, to kind of and then and then speak from it to say like how what can we do in times of suffering and so the story just to give brief background the story is about uh, Hannah so Hannah was the mother of uh, Samuel um, and Samuel was one of the one of the great um, figures of the Old Testament and helped to advise uh, King Saul uh, in in his leading of uh, uh, the Israel leading of the of the Jewish people so. Mm-hmm. And the, and the context is that Hannah, uh, her suffering is that she's dealing with uh, a time of, of infertility. She's, uh, she's barren. And this, anyone who's gone through this, any woman who's gone through this, great, great suffering. And not just part of the woman, but also, you know, uh, of the husband as well. And so this is the context. So we're going to go to the scriptures. This is uh, Samuel. First uh, Samuel 1, 9 through 20. So this is uh, after, after she is been dealing with this, uh, with this, this struggle, uh, we find her here. And so, Hannah rose after a meal at Shiloh and presented herself before the Lord. At the time, Eli the priest was sitting on a chair near the doorpost of the Lord's temple. In her bitterness, she prayed to the Lord, 
weeping copiously, and she made a vow promising, O Lord of hosts, if you look with pity on the misery of your handmaid, if you remember me and do not forget me, if you give your handmaid a male child, I will give him to the Lord for as long as he lives. Neither wine nor liquor shall he drink, and no razor shall ever touch his head. As she remained, as she remained long at prayer before the Lord, Eli watched her mouth, for Hannah was praying silently, though her lips were moving. She, her, her voice could not be heard. Eli, thinking her drunk, said to, said to her, How long will you make a drunken show of yourself, sober up from your wine? It isn't that, my lord. Hannah answered, I am an unhappy woman. I have neither wine nor liquor. I was only pouring out my troubles to the Lord. Do not think your handmaid a ne'er-do-well. My prayer has been prompted by my deep sorrow and misery. Eli said, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She replied, Think kindly of your maidservant, and left. She went to her quarters, ate and drank with her husband, and no longer appeared downcast. Early the next morning, they worshipped before the Lord, and then returned to their home in Ramah. Okay, so this is a little, this is a little, little snapshot, you know, so Hannah is dealing with this, this deep suffering that she didn't cause, right? Uh, this is something that's happening to her. But I think this, I just want to talk about this, this gives us, I think, a little, uh, kind of a little pathway of, of what, what, what can we do in, in, in time of suffering. And I think uh, Hannah does three things. First, she prays. Then she enjoys a good meal and wine. Um, with her husband. So then the third thing would be that she was in relationship with someone else. She was mm-hmm. at a time of sharing um, with with someone else. And I think, <laughs> I think too, like this, this scripture does point to the fact that scriptures do have a sense of humor too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like God has, a, I mean, the whole like Eli misunderstanding. Are you drunk? Are you drunk? <laughs> Go away. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it could be an understandable. Like, why is that detail? And like, it's a very, well, and I, you know. What I like about it is she has no words. Yeah, you know, it's what she's experiencing is beyond words, mm-hmm. and we see that with two-year-olds or five-year-olds sometimes when they just throw a tantrum or they just stand there looking at you. They they don't have words to express what's going on. Yeah, and that's what I love about her story is she just shows up and pours out her heart, which right doesn't always have words to go along with it right right yeah it's 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 coming from a deep place um a deep place uh, of her heart mm-hmm. um yeah so i think i think i think but i think it's important um and i i noted that i preached about this and i noted that like so she does eat and drink with her husband right there's worldly pleasures are not bad you know they're not evil you know, we can we can derive some good from them. Like it's good to have a good meal mm-hmm. uh, and have a glass of wine or beer or bourbon or whatever you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Like, but I think the important thing that the story shows is that it's not her only response. Right, she's not overeating or over drinking or yeah. going to that as a solution. Right, it's not the only thing. Like, the enjoying of uh, of that good experience is in the context of. First, she does what? She prays. She pours out her, her heart before before the Lord. And certainly, you know, it's good to do devotional prayers, like the rosary. Beautiful, beautiful prayer of offering things to Our Lady. Um, Stations of the Cross, like there's different ways. But I think it's important, too, that 
we do just have some time of, uh, of praying from our heart to God, too. Mm-hmm. And I think it's surrendering whatever the issue is to God, that as soon as we give it over to God and say, it's yours, you know, however it plays out, I'm in. Yeah. That's when there's usually a change. Um, and I think we saw that during the pandemic. You know, people would yeah. be planning weddings and replanning weddings and suffering through how we're going to make this work. And it wasn't until they said, okay, God, whatever you want to happen, happen, right. that things fell into place. Yeah. Um, yeah, and their prayer maybe not maybe didn't change the situation, right? But it mm-hmm. changed them. their, mm-hmm. it changed them. It changed their perspective. It changed their heart. Um, you know, and that's, and that can make, the world of difference. It's huge. That's yeah. everything. And especially like, I mean, uh, again, like a, a great suffering of, uh, of couples is, is infertility and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and to deal with that, not just for a day, a week, a month, but, but even years at a time. And, and how, how do we invite God into that? Um, that's a great, a great labor uh, of love mm-hmm. uh, between them. Yeah. So, so first uh, prayer, you know, so pray. So, and then eat and drink, you know, let's not be afraid of worldly things. Uh, Thomas Aquinas, uh, so he was a great theologian, real, real heady guy, you know, mm-hmm. wrote the Summa Theologica, was one of the greatest, you know, theological writings, very technical, everything. When he was asked about, you know, like, what do you, what do you, what do you do on a bad day? Or, you know, what do you do on a difficult day? He said, uh, well, take a hot bath, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and along with that, I remember I was having a really bad day and um, one of my priest friends I was teaching at school, and he was a chaplain. And I told him, I poured my heart out to him and said, this is just awful. He goes, you know what? Go home. Go to bed. Wake up. The sun will come up tomorrow. It'll be a better day. Yeah. And just getting some sleep right. really helps understand mm-hmm. things aren't quite as bad as I think they are, or though right. God will help me through whatever the situation is. Right. It's like doing the puzzle, mm-hmm. right? It, it, yeah. Like do something that kind of draws you out of your head. Do something that draws you out of that constant kind of ruminating on the situation. Uh, and just go do something, you know. Uh, exercising, going for a hike. Like these things are, are human responses, you know, to suffering. It's not evading, you know, the... Uh, it's not necessarily evading the problem. Now, if that is your only constant response to suffering, then just go do something else. Yeah. If it's detached from prayer. Um, and then what's the third thing? You know, she doesn't eat and drink alone, but she does it with her husband. Like, she seeks to be in a relationship. She's not just going off by herself. If it's in the context of those other two things, I think it's it's holistically together uh, a good response to, to things. And I think sometimes those communities can be like a grief sharing group yeah, or like parents of children with autism group yeah, or even helping out like at a food pantry where you see there's people that have it way worse, you know, yeah. and how can we help them? And by helping them, they really help us. Right. Yeah. Through the act of love, mm-hmm. you're, you're through an act of charity, you're extending yourself beyond yourself. You're, mm-hmm. you're getting yourself outside and, um, and yeah, seeing, considering another person. So that's, I mean, those are, those are all um, great, great responses to suffering. But Not, I do like that idea that Hannah gives us a pattern of how to respond to suffering. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I mean, that's the thing. Like the, the scriptures are full of wisdom and full of God's life and he wants to, wants to give it to us. So just some kind of sometimes sifting through the details mm-hmm. and, and all that, but 
Yeah, no, it's it's good. It's good. It's it's good news, as as we say, right? The gospel Indeed. is is not just okay, but it's it's good news because it really does um, enter into our lives deeply and can change everything. So, well, and I think the word of God helps us see that God's been present in people's lives since the beginning. Right. You know, and suffering isn't something new. It's something that's been there forever. So, looking to people like Hannah who who found a pattern of response, I think is a really good insight. Mm-hmm. So thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good stuff. All right. Well, um, know of our prayers for you uh, and whatever you're going through, through this, this, this new year, uh, as we all journey together. So, so Dick and Bob, you want to, want to lead us out in prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord God, we ask you to um, heal our hearts if we're suffering and help us to, to see your presence with us always and help us to to join our suffering with Jesus' suffering that we can also join into his resurrection. We ask you, Lord, to help us to surrender everything to you and trust that you will take care of whatever needs to be taken care of. And we ask these things as we ask all things through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, everybody, have a blessed day. Uh, keep us uh, keep good as we're journeying through uh, January and have fun. And spring and summer will come. It's coming. No worry. Amen. Amen.